Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 023, nevertheless, at thy word. Wake-up call 023, nevertheless, at thy word. Hey, I'm thankful that you're listening and watching the Faith for My Generation podcast, Wake-up call, Monday edition. And then, of course, always following later this week um, is a longer teaching episode. I'm going to be teaching part two of what to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. If you didn't catch the first part, I released it last Thursday evening. Make sure you go check it out on the Faith for My Generation podcast. If you're listening by way of podcast, of course, you could just go to the episode prior to it and then be on the lookout for part two coming later this week. And so I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you're listening. And let's get our Mondays started today, or whenever you're listening to this, but of course it's released on Mondays. Let's get our week started in Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to read a couple verses here. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. So this is wake up call 023, nevertheless, at thy word. Luke 5 verse 1. And so it was as the multitude pressed about him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put a little, put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's feet, knees, fell down at Jesus's knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. I wanted to look at a couple points in this passage from Luke chapter 5. I was actually sharing this at the time of our giving, our time of offering and tithe and offering and giving time at church. And um, it so stirred up my spirit. I wanted to use it as a wake-up call because I'd been looking over it and preparing it in my heart and my mind uh, for Sunday morning. And I wanted to share it with you for the Faith of My Generation podcast family, for the faithful. And there's a couple things I want you to see here. First off, here's Jesus. He's teaching Notice this, there's a multitude, there, the, a multitude has come to hear him teach the word of God. You know what, there's this idea, maybe it's a westernized idea, but there's this idea that people don't want to hear the word of God. 
are there some people that don't want to hear the truth of God's word? There's some. But mankind created in the image of God within the depths of his being is a desire to be connected to God. Whether he wants to yield and obey and come to God on God's terms and standards, the reality is people desire the truth, the word, the presence of God. So I just want to make that simple and plain. Sometimes people, especially Christians, and I'm here, this is a Christian podcast. I'm a Christian. You're listening. You're more than likely a Christian. If you're not, what are you waiting for? Believe on Jesus and be made a child of God today and be like it says in the book of Acts where they were first called Christians in Antioch. Become a Christ-like person. But, but there's some Christians that get this idea, this woe is, woe is me idea, this, well, no one wants to hear about God nowadays. Da, 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 da. No, let me tell you something. And, and I know we've got some international listeners for the Faith for My Generation podcast family. Uh, but there's a lot of people who are stateside here in the U.S. that are listening to this podcast. Don't allow that, that victimized mentality to creep into your mind. Well, no one wants to hear about Jesus. No, there are people there on their way. They're dying. They're dead in sin, and they're on their way uh, to hell. And they're dying in their sins, literally, every day going by. And they're looking for rescue. They're looking for truth. They're looking for a way to, to, to be freed from their shame, their guilt. And you've got the answer. You've got the Word of God. Because right here, a multitude gathered to hear the word. And it wasn't just Jesus. Look throughout the entire Bible. John the Baptist, the apostles in the book of Acts, Paul and his missionary journeys, Peter, James, all, all these men of God, Stephen, a deacon. Everywhere the word of God which was preached with faith, it did two things. It drew people and it manifested miracles and the power of God. Because the word of God preached with faith is the, it's the game changer. That's it. That's the game changer. So here Jesus is. He's ministering to this great multitude of people. He sees these boats, and it, and, it, and it gives an opportunity for him to get in a boat and go out on the lake a little bit and basically create an amphitheater effect. Uh, some people would say, you know, the voice would travel better on the lake. Okay, sure. Uh, also, the multitude's pressing up on him, so it gives him some room. They can't, they can't keep pr- pressing into to him. And so here he is, he's using this boat. He borrows the boat of Simon Peter. Now, when he's done teaching, I want you to notice this. When he is done teaching, he tells Peter, why don't you go ahead and take the boat on out a little bit further, let down your nets and catch some fish. Problem. The best time to fish was at night, not during the day, and that's when this is taking place. So it's a bad time of the day to fish. And then Peter adds to it his experience, and he tells Jesus, I've been fishing all night. We haven't caught, we caught nothing. We haven't caught anything. We've been fishing all night. We've caught nothing. But then he says this, nevertheless, at thy word, as the King James would say, at thy word, nevertheless, regardless of what we have experienced naturally what we can see, what we know by our natural thoughts. Regardless of that, because you ask me, I'll do it. And you know, the process of faith, it requires you to ignore 
what your eyes see, your ears hear, what you feel, what you taste, what you touch. You have to ignore the sense realm if you're going to walk in faith. Peter had to ignore the fact that he had caught nothing after an entire night of fishing in order to act in faith and simply obey the words of Jesus. And when that, that's the first step to receiving from God obedience to the word. You want to receive the promises of God in your life? Obey the word. You want to live in the, under the shadow of his almighty wing and his protection and under, under his provision and in his presence? Obey his word. Uh, Acts chapter 5 says that he gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. Obedience is the working out of love. If you love God, you obey his word. Now, Peter does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. Peter listens to the word of Jesus. He throws out the net, and he catches a great number of fish. How many? It doesn't have a number here. But it was enough to the point where the net began to break, and he had to have the other guys in the other boat come out and help him. And when they bring up the net, the boats are so full of fish, they began to sink. Now, look, maybe you've seen, you know, The Chosen. That's a pretty good series. It, it, seems, to, it seems to do pretty well in its uh, uh, reenactment of Bible days. But sometimes you might see, you know, maybe like uh, a low-budget Christian film where the boat looks like it could hold three and a half people at best. It's like a John boat. Look, these are professional fishermen. Peter and James and John, they're professional fishermen. They do this for a living. I don't have the exact dimension of the boat that they're using to fish with, but I can tell you this. They're doing it for a living. They're, they're going to have a nice boat. It's going to be a big boat. It's going to be made to carry in large amounts of fish, hundreds and hundreds of, of fish at a time. That's the only way you could be profitable. You can't, you can't catch 17 fish, float back into shore, let out the 17 fish and, and, you know, into a basket or something, a waiting basket to hold it, and then go out and do that 12 more times in the night. You've got to have some actual equipment. I just want to make that point because sometimes people act like the disciples were these vagabond guys who just kind of like lived under a bridge and didn't work. Like they had real jobs. They had family. Well, Peter, we obviously know he's married. Uh, many of the other disciples probably were young teenagers, uh, 20-somethings. Uh, but we know Peter, he's married. So he's, he's going to be a man of, uh, that's going to accept responsibility, take care of his wife. So he's going to have to have a job that provides. And so when these guys get impressed, the point I'm making is when they catch this amount of fish, they're amazed. It says it. They were astonished at the amount. Verse 9, they were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Every one of them. They were amazed. Like, I'm certain it was the largest catch they had ever caught in all their fishing career. Now, the second thing I want you to see is this. When Peter encountered Jesus and he experienced the faithfulness of Jesus to fulfill his word when Peter chose to obey. He worshiped him. 
Verse 8, Peter fell down on his knees, and in this, and he's saying, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Who, you know, again, I, I think you can kind of biblically work through this. Why is Peter saying he's a sinful man? He probably was thinking in his mind and in his heart, I don't know why I'm pulling this boat back out. I don't know why Jesus wants me to go out and do this. I've been fishing all night. I know there ain't no fish. It's, it's even a worse time now to fish because it's during the day. This is not a good idea. I've already been out on this lake all night, caught nothing. The last thing I want to do is spend more time on this lake, still catch nothing. I want to go home. And here he is. He just made the largest catch of his life. And what is his response? <laughs> Depart from me, Lord. I'm sinful. Forgive me. He asks for forgiveness here. And that's, you know, when you encounter God, uh, it makes you drop down all your guard, really. And that's what, why it's so important to stay in a continual flowing relationship of prayer with God. It keeps you humble. And the book of Psalms says, a broken and a contrite heart the Lord will not turn away from. And that, that, that doesn't mean broken and contrite doesn't mean like you're depressed or, or broken. I need someone to come fix me. It means to have your heart laid open. That's what that means. A broken and contrite heart is a heart that's laid open and soft and tender before the Lord. It's not hardened. And you don't want a hard heart. You want a heart that's quick to repent. You want a heart that's quick to obey. You want a heart that's quick to give glory and honor and worship. Third thing, verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and they followed Jesus. They were all in. Peter and James and John and their entire fishing crew, they were all in. And you know what? If you're going to see the power of God's word manifested in your life, if you're going to see the promises of God come to pass in your life. If you're going to stand on the Word of God and live by it, it's not a 52% decision. It's not a 99.999% decision. You're going to have to decide, I'm all in. I do not have a plan B. I will not turn back. I'm going forward. I'm locking arms with God, and we're in this together. That's what faith looks like. Jesus actually said in Luke 9, 62, he said, any man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. There, it, you cannot have a, uh, the, the Bible would call it a, a divided heart. You have to have a singleness of heart. A singleness of the eye is one, one way the scripture puts it. Because if your eye is constantly looking at two things, which actually you can't, right? You can't, you can't make this eye look here and that eye look there. You're going to have to pick where you set your faith and your vision. And if you're going to walk with God, if you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, as the psalmist would say, if you're going to see the goodness of God come to pass in your life, you've got to be all in. You have to be all in. And I know you're all in. Because you're part of the faithful. You're part of this the Faith for My Generation podcast family. You're, you're part of the body of Christ. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you right now. 
Stand on the Word of God. Do not back off of it. Do not allow any lies or deceits sneak into your thinking that would cause you to doubt or fall into an evil heart of unbelief, as Hebrews 3 would tell us. Stand on the promises of God because He who has called you, He is faithful to do it, to bring it to pass. His Word, 1 Thessalonians 5.24. He is faithful to bring to pass His Word in your life. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined me today. I pray you have an awesome week. And remember, catch part two of what it, what to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. It's a great two-part episode. I had a great time recording it, and, and I'm looking forward to uh, for you hearing that second part. And um, if you're not following me on Instagram, come follow me, The AJ Bible, as well on TikTok. I actually live-streamed the first part, what to do when faith seems weak and victory loss on the TikTok channel last week. So that was a lot of fun uh, and some new encounters of some people uh, getting to hear the gospel. So that was a whole lot of fun. So if you want to come follow me on those social media platforms, um, hey, do it. I would encourage you. I would really appreciate it. And if you could, leave a five-star review, share the bro- uh, broadcast, share the podcast, and I will see you next time. And remember, we are the faithful. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.